0: What is up, folks? Mio Adlan here once again with another session of Hot Issue What's for Lunch. Happy Monday, folks. Hari Isnin, hari permulaan. Setiap minggu dihadakan anda semua yang berada di mana anda berada dalam keadaan aman dan damai. Yes, of course, we were, you know, we were given a very shocking news yesterday when the country announced that yesterday alone we had 17,000 new COVID cases. It is a very scary thought indeed. Sangat-sangat menakutkan tapi apa yang kita boleh buat, kita hanya boleh bersabar, kita hanya boleh follow SOP yang telah ditetapkan, we can just follow the rules and regulations, do not go out if you do not have to, if you are out, make sure you guys wear your mask, make sure you guys bring your hand sanitizers and clean your hands as much as you can and also keep your physical distancing. Uh, between yourself and the others as well. So, of course, for today's uh, uh, hot issue, what's for lunch? We have a very, very interesting topic in mind. the topic topik yang sangat menarik. Tapi kalau tak sah kalau tak, saya tak uh, partner saya ini, rakan, uh, untuk kita for us to talk about today's hot issue, ladies and gents. As always, Mister Melvin Lam. Hey, Melvin, what is up? Hi, good afternoon. How's the weekend? How's the weekend for everyone? Weekend. Uh, my myself. weekend was good. It was more of a resting day, chill, relaxed. Granted, now every day is resting day, right, right? Because you can't really go out, right? just stay well, out. are not
1: actually resting. Mentally, it's not. It's very tiring. And very stressful when we all always wo- uh, watch out for the afternoons, report how many cases for the day, how many deaths for the day. So uh, mentally assos- exhausted.
0: Yeah, we, we try to calm ourselves with the little things in life. Kita cuba sebenarnya nak menceriakan diri kita dengan sebaik mungkin memang, you know, it's not really a good time to live right now but we're trying the best that we can in living within these uh, testing times. Speaking about testing times, Melvin, we have a very interesting issue today that we're going to be talking about is that we are going to be talking about sexual harassment now. That's a very serious issue, isn't it, Melvin?
1: Yes, it has been from many, many years and, um, I think about two, three months ago, it was brought up, it was highlighted, it was a hot issue then, but I, I guess, um, uh, of course, the media now has, uh, has not uh, been uh, playing to, to so-called to, to highlight the issue, but I think it still continues everywhere, every moment in, 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 in Malaysia.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah exactly and that's what we're going to be talking about today we're going to be talking about sexual harassment specifically what is happening with in our country but it's not just going to be me and melvin alone this time because while we have a very special guest ladies and gents may i introduce to you dr tanusha francis xavier who is the vp of a uh, malaysian united democratic alliance how are you dr tanusha good afternoon
2: Hello, good afternoon. Thank you Hi, very afternoon. Very for having me here with you all today.
0: Thank you so much for spending your afternoon with us for what's for lunch. But before we go on, have you had your lunch yet?
2: No, not yet. We've just passed the 12 o'clock noon mark. It's too well, early.
1: Have you ordered your nasi ganja?
2: Yeah, audit, yes, audit and waiting. So after this, I will dig in. And it's not Nasi Ganja. All
0: right. So <laughs> we do hope that at least we do hope at least that at least Melvin and myself could be a bit of an appetizer for you before you actually have your main course later on. So now, Dr. Tanusha, let, let's talk about sexual harassment. I believe that uh, Melvin would want to uh, kick things off with, with our topic today. Melvin,
1: balls uh, in your court. Oh, yes uh this uh, sexual harassment is always in you know, a hot topic uh it's something that is ongoing and I don't know how probably doctor can share with us your opinion how do we put a stop to it because um ever since I mean I've been 50 years in in, in, uh, in the so-called living this topic has never been uh so-called uh uh, solve as i also uh, got the report i mean the latest report from 2019 from new government on the bus that they surveyed 1000 respondents and showed that 36 percent of women's and 17 of malaysia uh, men of malaysians have experienced sexual harassment so uh this is a big uh percentage so uh, I would like to know, uh, what, uh, doctor, uh, what is your opinion?
2: Okay, like maybe we can start off by like actually defining what constitutes as sexual harassment, because I feel like the the traditional understanding or concept of what we have of it is that like oh, in order to be, uh, for it to be considered as sexual harassment, there has to be physical contact, like what we say like oh, marabba touching the shoulder or you know, uh, grabbing the hand or grabbing the arm, only then it's the actual harassment. But actually it's not just that, sexual harassment can be in any form that makes the other person feel offended, or feel violated, or even just feel uncomfortable. So what are the examples? Of course, uh, I think clear-cut, lah, everyone understands that if there is physical contact, like grabbing the hand and things like that, is direct sexual harassment. But also uh, another form of it is verbally, you know, saying inappropriate things. That is harassment. Or there's another one where it's psychological. You know how like people stalk you on social media to make you feel uh, like, you know, you are constantly followed or, you know, it, maybe every single time they will just DM you. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello, you know, constant consistently trying to 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 stalk you and make you feel uncomfortable all of that comes under sexual harassment it can even be uh insinuation in the sense that like you know they they maybe uh you know wink at you or make sexual gestures they don't even need to say anything just doing hand movements and things like that implying sexual innuendo and stuff like that all of that is sexual harassment so i think the we, we should start off our conversation by actually addressing that, that this goes way bigger than just touch. There's, there's all of it is valid. So if this is happening to, if you're watching and this is happening to you, you are being harassed. It is valid. You're not overreacting. You're not, uh, you know, exaggerating it in your mind. It is real.
0: Okay, I do have a question in regards to what you have just uh, answered there because you said that sexual harassment is, you know, it can be verbal as well when people say some things. Even uh, one of our viewers actually just stated that is hello pretty uh, sexual harassment in any, in any uh, shape or form. Because why, Dr. Tanusha, I do want to get your clarification, at least your opinion. Some hmm. people say it's just harmless flirtation. So what is the fine line between being flirtatious and being um i mean like harassing another human being so where's the line is uh, where's the line drawn that your opinion
2: this is like an age old debate lah. this is a mm. conversation i have with my friends as well both from male friends and female friends about this thing okay so firstly if you are in a position of power meaning mm. that if you are the person's direct supervisor direct boss team leader uh group monitor whatever, at whatever level, if you have a position of power over the individual, you have no business complimenting them in any way or form because it is a form of harassment. That is straight up. The second thing, going back to how we just defined the concept of sexual harassment, if the other person feels uncomfortable, offended, so on, even if the if your, your initiative was only just to say hello, it is harassment. These people who, you know, DM by saying, hello, hello, hello. And you know, the other person is not responding and not interested. Harassment, clear cut. If you are DMing and say, hello, I think you're really pretty. And the person is responding by saying, really? You think so? I really appreciate it and the conversation starts going. Clear cut is not harassment because it is reciprocated. Your compliment is accepted and you are moving along in the conversation. But if you say hello, the person doesn't respond. Again, say hello. You keep pressuring, you send 20 hellos. That is harassment.
1: Perseverance. Dog.
2: <laughs> no. 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 Again. So uh, you felt har-
1: harassed now when when Mio mm-hmm. said that you look beautiful this morning today.
0: Yeah, awesome. was that
1: a- 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 harassment then? I mean,
0: like because you know why? Because if you're good looking, you can get away with it. But if you're not good looking, if you're nerdy, if you're ugly, if you if you are all messed up, most of the time the ladies. I mean, like again, I'm not generalizing this, but. You know, you get offended when an unattractive person says all these kind of things. But if someone with a six-pack, someone with a, you know, a lock of golden hair who is like so macho, 6'5", for instance, then you feel like, oh, he's so handsome, he just said hi to me. That's where I get confused. Doctor.
2: I have no idea what you're talking about, (laughs) Mior, because I have never felt differently about a compliment coming from an ugly person, as you put it, and as a good-looking person. To me, I I treasure it the same. Where I do not appreciate it, is when it comes uh, in a form of harassment. Okay, let me give you an example. Okay, like earlier you mentioned that you complimented me. Okay, you did it in a setting where, you know, we were about to go live and you say, oh, doctor, you look really nice today. We are going to start a live. So to make, and I took it as like, oh, that's so thoughtful of him because, you know, because we're going to go live. He wants to make me feel comfortable. He appreciates that I put in effort to look nice today. That's great. And it stops that. You did not like, okay, DM me to say that, like, oh, you look really pretty. Um, like, you know, I, I think that, you know, we should, like, go out and all that. And it's fine if I reciprocate and say, like, oh, Mio, I think you're handsome too. Like, you know, maybe we, we could go out. But if I do not reply or if I just ignore you and you keep sending it again and again and again, that's when it translates to harassment. I think always this debate comes about, like, oh, but then, like, how do we know if we are harassing or not? You know from the way the other person responds to you if they're interested or not. No one is, is that ignorant, <laughs>
1: But I guess it's are uh, point is that if you get someone upset and they do not respond but uh sometimes I also um, feel let's, let's say a pat on the shoulder well done mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think uh, if it's guy to guy I think it's uh, they might not take it as a sexual harassment but if let's say it's a coach it's a guy who like, uh, to to his students suppose uh, to happens to be a female say oh, well done a pat on the shoulder, is it right or wrong?
2: You see, that that's when, like earlier I said, if you are in a position of power and authority over someone, the reason why they say, like, if you have a position of power authority, just avoid it because if, let's say, this person, okay, like you, you mentioned, like if it's a, a coach or, or a teacher and you're patting the, on the shoulder for the student, if the student feels uncomfortable, are they really in a position of power and authority to say, hey, coach, don't touch me. It's a lot harder. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that that conduct is wrong, but the reason why that that uh, layer of of prevention is there is because the student or, or the person who is not in the position of power, okay, for example, if I am the boss and you are my subordinate and you touch me and say, oh, good job, Tanusha, and if I feel uncomfortable, I've got no problem telling you, hey, don't touch me because, you know, I, I have authority. But if you are my boss you have control over, let's say, my my promotion or my income mm. and everything. And maybe it is harmless and you just touch me to say, Oh, good job, but I, I don't I don't feel comfortable. I I am not comfortable with mm. you know a man touching me and so on. Do I really have that 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 safe space to you know to say that like, hey, boss don't? What if later that becomes a factor in not giving me that promotion or or you know something? That, that comes along the way. So that's why that, that guideline is there. And we are not yet in a level of society where men and women women feel brave and comfortable enough to speak up. You know, that, that has never been something that yet yes. that has been trained in our culture to say that it doesn't matter, you know, you can go ahead and touch because if the person feel uncomfortable, they will speak up. That that has, okay. That is not our culture yet. Yeah.
0: Exactly. I mean, like taking exactly that particular point because I just want to, take us back to when Melvin was a young man, when he was much more of a teenager back then, Uh, this particular issue was never really an issue. Is it just because that people didn't highlight it? People didn't shout out? Because I know for a fact that even in the yesteryears, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s even, these sexual harassment cases was already happening. A lot of things were already happening. It's just that people didn't voice out their concern or didn't voice out their complaint as much because maybe they thought that it was a cultural thing. But why is it right now that people are now opening up even more to highlight these kind of issues? Doctor, what do you think?
2: Okay, so now we are entering into the the, the stigma, right? So mm. <clears throat> I feel that like one key uh, game changer here has been social media. With mm. uh, the, the, inter- the world of internet and different social media platforms, that has given us an avenue to feel connected globally, not just within our community, to find people who have like uh, similar stories and to get that support that is needed. So I feel that's why now it has become, uh, I wouldn't say easier, it is still difficult, but perhaps more accessible for uh, survivors or those who have experienced sexual harassment to come forward with their cases because there is support out there. It's different if, if previously it is just, you know, maybe you and a few of your, your friends and then you are there in this community and then like, okay, what do you do? Are you going to go around house to house telling people what happened or, you know, maybe organize a talk and invite everybody to say that, like, okay, this happened, so what are we going to do? And what if everyone turns against you? You know, so it, it was, it is still not easy to speak up again, we will address the other cultural issues, right? But that, that is the, the, the I, f- I personally feel the key game changer because now you can just, you know, be in your safe space, in your room or on your bed. And then, you know, you feel like, okay, it's time for me to come forward. You just put a tweet or a Facebook post and it's out there. And yes, you will get messages that attack you, but you will also get a lot of messages of support and solidarity from others to help you to, you know, tell your story.
1: Mm. Yeah, I guess yes. Social media plays a, a big role, and of course, uh, now we're talking about human rights, right? Those years, the yesterday years, human rights is is very depressed. Very depressed. There's no human rights. When the time you have slave and all those things, right? But uh, today's world is different. Uh, the social uh, platforms actually are able to. For someone that's timid, actually to can be bring up the issue he or she face. And there's a lot of supporting groups. But I was always wondering, um, like uh, Dr. Sek, uh, is the people on higher authorities of you, sometimes I'm not able to voice out because uh, my, my, um, my career depends on him or her and I get all these uh, uh, treatments from him or her. But is there any group uh, out there that... Able to coach these people in high authority like this, like the bosses or, or the teachers, to coach them or, or uh, that that what is sexual harassment, something what is do you can do what you can't do, because we have instance uh, for this uh, recently we have cases like uh, students being verbally harassed by the school teacher talking about if you if you want to rape someone you have to make sure they are over eighteen years old. Or cases in the uh, school that um the they conduct a private check whether they have uh, so called uh, conduct uh, their prayers for the prayers if they are on the period they can't so they have they check on the private part so but then this is when this subject brought up uh, across the, the society uh, are very uh, annoying about this but do we have a program ongoing program to have this uh teachers coaches bosses to go for classes so-called classes or, or that's um, to to let them probably sometimes they do not know probably this these people think why well, I, I pat on the shoulder of a girl or she she did well i thought it was a, a encouragement for her but she, but this girl thought it's a sexual harassment you know so do we have this to reach out to these people
2: yeah So, actually, there are many uh, organizations uh, in our society that have taken up that initiative and the key one would be AWAM. AWAM actually conducts training programs for those who are interested, that they come and, you know, brief you on sexual harassment and so on. Mm -hmm. But I think, I personally really, really think it needs to go a step forward. Because I feel that, uh, that this issue is still so prevalent here today because there is still no law in place that pre- that is uh, directly addressing that sexual harassment is wrong, and that is what um, organizations like Awam and others have been pushing for the anti sexual harassment bill. Where it's clear cut by law right now, there is no clear cut law that says that sexual harassment is wrong. You know, so once that is in place, it becomes something like stealing. You know, everybody is clear stealing is wrong. So, you know, you don't steal, you don't accidentally take and keep people's things because what if they think you're stealing, you respect other people's property. Why? Because there's a law in place. Clear cut, you know, you'll go to jail or or fine or something. You know, but there there, there isn't that clear line now for sexual harassment. I actually feel that the, the trigger change would be when that goes into place and becomes law. Because that is when even people who do it will start questioning. And then, like what you have just addressed, Melvin, is like to be like, okay, so is this right or wrong? Like, okay, what can I do to be better educated on this to make sure this doesn't happen? Because you know you can get penalized for it, you know, if you have that way. And definitely for those who know it's wrong and do it, hopefully that would finally be the deterrent. Yeah. I, I, I actually
1: I think that should be the authority should have a program for these so called uh, higher authority people from sector, from the educations, uh, from sports, especially sports, because I, I also read stories about the sport persons being harassed when they have this... Uh, I'm not a sport person myself, but it's, it seems that after a, a training or, or a sports event, they, they go for muscular massage and all these things. So it takes place that... I think I heard cases that coach massaging the female's and all these things uh, which by right I felt that it should not be on opposite sex for that kind of massage if you're on the same sex massage if it's a female a lot of female coach or uh, to massage a female uh, sport person vice versa so um, this program had to roll up because a lot of people suffer in silence uh, yes we have social media but a lot of people still are uh, embarrassed to shut up. Don't talk about family. Even to the closest friends, let's say to your students, they're embarrassed to shut up. Uh, and this will be lead into mental issue later. Oh yeah, guys,
0: just a quick break from the show. If you have not downloaded Act Now Community Mobile App on your mobile phone, quickly do so because you can report any sort of community issues and we will highlight it to the local councils or relevant authorities. It's all free and super user-friendly to make your reports. Let's improve our beloved neighbourhood together. And now, let's get back to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting topic of what Melvin just actually said there. And then also to to catch uh, again on what Dr. Tanusha has actually explained as well. It is very, very uh, indicative for us to actually have a permanent and a decisive law for us to deter ourselves at least to you know, get away from this and not doing this kind of thing. Because unfortunately, at the end of the day, People will only not do stuff because the fear of getting fine or getting to be put in jail because um, appa- apparently nothing else actually works on these kind of human beings, unfortunately. Now, coming back to brass tacks, uh, doctor, should someone, anybody, uh, a woman, or a man, a lady, who whatever it is, get sexually harassed? What should be the thing that they need to do? Because most of the time, I think nine times out of ten, they would resort to social media And I believe that should not be their first way to actually, you know, admit or should I say report such kind of things, right? Authorities definitely have to come in play, right?
2: Yeah, no, definitely and absolutely. But you see, Hmm. that is exactly sort of like what is the hindrance here because there is, um, again, no clear-cut law that goes for this. There are um, laws that say, for example, that, you know, if uh, you outrage the modesty of a person, Right? Then it comes under that law. But there's no protection in place. What I mean by that is that, like, okay, let's say if this person now goes and complains to the boss or goes and makes a police report. And then what? There is no um, protection system for this victim that is reporting. Uh, the boss can take action and fire the person, for example. Say that, okay, I investigate already and I gang with my friend and, and okay, I get rid of her problematic. There is no protection for that because there's no law.
0: So are you saying that you should not report to the law because there's nothing that can be done?
2: I would say keep yourself safe first. I would say that I'm not going to come here and be gung-ho and say, no, we have to fight, we have to report. Yes, we should. But I would say keep yourself safe first. Because at the end of the day, after they come forward, after they report, the consequences are on them. This could be a family member, this could be a person of power, etc. Cetera, et cetera. I, of course, encourage all victims to come forward. But I first would say keep yourself safe first. Until we have a law in place that can actually protect you and we can do better to protect you, I would say keep yourself safe first. Having said that, if Mm -hmm. you are ready to come forward, which is great and I encourage it, there are places or or societies that can support you like AWAM, Women's Aid Organisation. There are helplines as well that you can call and reach them and they will actually help you when you make your police report and so on. And if you even need uh, help later to leave your you know, your home or your surrounding or some support, some legal support and so on, they actually would work with you to help you get there. But I, I, I really think it's important to address this part about the, the consequences and the repercussions because right now there really is very little legal protection that is in place that actually protects victims.
1: Right. That's quite pretty sad. There's no legal system.
2: It, it's very sad and ridiculous that this is twenty twenty one. I actually, to be to be very honest, didn't even know until like in the last two, three years that there isn't a law in place. Because to me it's that of course there is of course it's clear cut wrong. Of course I, I just assume that you know I would be able to go and you know sue this sue this person or report the crime and you know they would go to jail. Obviously if they are, you know, physically harassing me or verbally harassing me, because it's wrong. But, but I mean, like,
0: just just to just to put uh, just to be a bit uh, what you might call it, um, trying to make this uh, discussion a bit more interesting, because should it become just a verbal harassment, it's just and see, isn't it? It's just hearsay. I mean, like, there's no concrete proof unless you have something written, unless you have concrete proof and evidence that somebody has been sexually harassing you, touching you inappropriately, or mm. using vulgar words, you know, in an email or, or a WhatsApp message or whatnot. If there's none of that, it's just hearsay, and normally the higher hierarchy would always win, right?
2: Correct. Thank you, Mio, for bringing up that point because that is Mm. another thing that um, I would advise those who are going through this to do is to actually document. You Mm. know, as you have said, if it's non-verbal in the sense that, like, you know, if there's a WhatsApp message, keep the screenshot in case they delete the message. If you know that they're going to come by and do weird things, put a hidden camera and record it if it's in your office, for example, and all that. And having said all that, Melvin, like what you said about if there is if it's verbal and there's no proof. It's just the same as now Manchuri, Okay, you, you know you kept your handphone here and the only other person in the room was that fella. But it's hearsay. But you have the right now to go and make the complaint Hey, my phone hilang. Uh, the only other person that was there that, that I saw was this person. And it would be up to the authorities to investigate. And then when they search like, oh, uh, this person actually 10 years ago, ada juga case suspicious macam ni investigate investigate, and then really that that person so i feel if there's a law in place that is how it would work maybe in this circumstance there was nothing to prove but when they check the background history like oh my god he's done this in 10 other places to 10 other people you know and and that that is how it works i know that there is a, a fear that comes with with this type of empowerment whereby like what if i get framed what if I didn't do anything and then you know that person just because you know they they they're not happy with me and you know they just accuse me of like you know sexual sexual harassment when I actually didn't do it but but I actually feel it is still important for this to become a law and and for it to become a norm in our society so that we can actually adapt and learn and grow together
0: Mm. Yeah, um, Yeah. uh, sorry Melvin, before you ask a question, I just want to also highlight as what Dr. Tanusha has actually mentioned. There was actually a case uh, down in the United States of America where a lady, a teenager or should I say a young woman, actually falsely accused somebody of sexual harassment and at the end of the whole case, it was found out that the lady was actually lying through her teeth. She was making false accusation and she was convicted for falsifying a report and she got, um, I think she was... Uh, in prison for, for the things that she did. So, these are the scary things as well. I mean, should you are in the innocence, should you, are, should, should you didn't do anything, kalau you tak buat apa-apa, tapi somehow you juga. again, the stigma, or should I say the impression that you might, you know, give out to the public, right?
2: I think, Mio, you actually gave the, the case and point yourself. Because hmm. there was a law in place and this person misused it, she actually went to jail so mm-hmm. if there is this law in place when it starts off i am not denying that there will be situations like this where people feel like okay about, i have this law to protect me i don't like you i do this and then when people start going to jail <laughs> then people are going to start like uh, stop fabricating stories like this you, you get you, you see what i mean just mm-hmm. because there is the possibility that people will misuse this law we cannot say like eh hey, then anybody will just go and make a complaint, and and you know it's going to damage people's reputation. No, we can't we can't say that. If it is a false complaint, but given that it's a complaint that was properly made to the authorities, it will get investigated. And if the person who lodged the complaint was lying, they will then face the repercussions of making a false report. So you know, there's not that we shouldn't fear this.
1: Yeah, nothing. Like, okay. yeah. uh, sorry, doctors say that uh, in Malaysia we have no law enforced yet on sexual harassment. If then something has uh, fall upon you, your advice is that um, save yourself. But how do we make a stop to it? Uh, saving ourselves could be, let's say, I that person depends on the job, and of course she have to probably uh, save. Is record keeping quiet is to save herself, or uh, how to? How does she or he make a stop so that person stop harassing do do you encourage this person to just walk up to this person to speak to them Mm. have to have the nerve okay no uh, to speak to them stop doing this to me you know or if it's in the big corporations could they seek the help of hr department uh, to solve the issue
2: yeah you see, Melvin, given that there is no law, this is this and this is a systemic problem. You know, okay, firstly, uh, again, that's why I say the victim, the person that is going through this needs to decide, needs to say that, okay, this is something that I am ready to come forward with. I feel safe enough doing this, you know. I wouldn't actually suggest confronting because uh, it can easily be turned against you. I would actually say go to the person's um, who are responsible for managing the situation, HR, for example. Make a formal report. Make a formal police report. If you are unsure what to do, reach out to these organizations that I've mentioned, AWAM, um, the uh, Women's Aid Organization, and so on, who can give you guidance on what you need to do to make a complaint. But having said all of that, yes, there is a possibility that you know they may be unfairly penalized.
1: I also believe... It should be the train or so-called uh started this uh uh sexual harassment uh, campaign in the school itself mm. so that the okay. students themselves from young they know what is what are they protecting you know yeah, in, yeah. In, uh, i I, okay. I don't know whether i left school too long in my time there's no such classes or
2: Even nothing.
1: so i i guess i mean the school principals or the education sector should have said so uh, to protect themselves and protect themselves for the future when they're out in the market, for when they are in, in the uh, career, you know, uh, so they know what to do. So it's pre-prepared. I, I I believe if, if I have a chance to talk to the Education Ministry, have this in mind, start from school. It's nothing to embarrass, right? Because the students are embarrassed because they have, don't know what to do. They felt there's something bad, something embarrassed to tell. But if they have this... Um, Educations from young, I think yeah. they are more well-equipped when they are out in the society.
2: Yeah, and and excellent point, Melvin. It definitely needs to start in school, where they need to be taught about what is okay and what is not okay, and above all that, their body is, they have rights to their own body to determine what they feel comfortable and uncomfortable with. I fully agree that sexual harassment Training needs to start at schools. But going back to this this workplace issue and all that, if you if this if you are watching this and you are the boss or you know you you have uh, or in HR or something where you are in a position to influence this, you do not need to wait for the law to happen to determine your own uh, policies in your workplace. You know you can have your internal uh, anti sexual harassment policy, whatever your organisation is. You know, there is an NGO, maybe it's just a voluntary organization, whatever is it, you can have your policy. So that is how we can collectively start the cultural change, even though there is no law in place. So that at least in your place of work or in your group or in your team, if there is such a case like this and you have investigated and it's found to be true, you will get fired.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, very good points of what Dr. Tanusha has actually uh, highlighted there. We are actually running out of time. But before we leave, uh, of course, uh, we want to hear last words from Dr. Tanusha again. Maybe some advice to the victims or to whoever it is that you want to address in in order to highlight how serious this sexual harassment issue has become in Malaysia. Dr. Tanusha, your last words, please.
2: Yeah, I think we have actually gotten to a point where I, it may even be possible that there is no female out there who has never been sexually harassed. Because remember, verbal harassment and all that—it's become sort of like a cultural norm here, sadly in Malaysia, where it's okay. It's what chari nasib, chari jodo. You know, it's just a compliment, even though you know that you're making the other person uncomfortable. Whistling while they walk by—you really think that you know the you know they feel that like, uh, oh, uh, oh, so nice they whistling at me they would find 10 other roads to jalan to avoid you you know so this is this is serious this is not funny this is not complimenting people actually get really traumatized uh, i'm involved in this movement called tampil berswara which is organized by youths from uh, different parties and and also uh, independent individuals and so on and when we launched this there are even people who are in their 60s who you know came to share their stories about a sexual harassment incident that happened when they were in school and they are now in their 60s. Look at how long the trauma has happened. I mean, stays with them. You know, so this is not something that is like, okay, it happened and then, like, you know, okay, you move on with life and so on. No, this is actual, you know, traumatic factors. And again, if this is happening to you, I, I am really sorry, I empathize with you. Your feelings are valid. Let me start by saying that. like, Whatever you're going through is real and valid. And if you need help, please reach out to AWAM and women's aid organisations. Their helplines are there. If you don't feel ready to come forward physically, you can call and they can guide you on what you can do. Keep yourself safe. Uh, And also one important point is that, Melvin, while we were talking about so many things, I think we also need to address that sexual harassment can also happen between same genders. So, you know, even if it's between a man and a man or a woman and a woman, If you feel uncomfortable, you can, that is still sexual harassment. It doesn't just need to be between opposite genders.
1: I will be feeling that for the last few years. If anyone calls me uncle, start calling me uncle. okay that's actually another topic in
0: mind if you want to go down that road thank you so much dr tanusha francis xavier uh, vp of muda for coming on board together talking about this very serious topic that we have today we should not um you know discourage or should i say we should not just sweep this topic under the rug we should voice it out more often than not and what has uh, dr tanusha has actually mentioned if you guys just go on to Awam, awam.org.my, or you guys can also go to wao.org.my, which is a women's aid organization that you can actually get help from, from uh, these people because they can guide you, they can actually help and assist you in any way possible. But whatever it is, voice it out. Do not keep it just to yourself because you know you don't want to pressure yourself. You don't want to just uh, live in that particular bubble. You do want to voice it out and go through the proper channels and not just use social media to rent out your issues. Go to the proper channels and go to the proper organizations and the authorities for them to able to assist you. Thank you so much, Dr. Tanusha, for coming on to the show. And thank you, Melvin, again, for being my partner in crime for this, uh, for today's episode. Thank you, guys. You have a good day and have a great lunch. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, that was it. That was uh, together with Dr. Tanusha uh, and together with Melvin talking about, again, sexual harassment and how this topic is very, very important. As I mentioned, should you guys need to seek help again, as mentioned, go to AWAM and go to Women's Aid Organization for you guys to get more help. That's it for today's edition. Hope to see you guys. Again tomorrow, my background is becoming very blurry and fuzzy. Do not worry, you'll be seeing this face again together with Melvin's. Uh, Hopefully tomorrow, same time, same place at 12 o'clock. Do not miss out. Mio Adlan signing out for What's for Lunch. Enjoy your lunch. Take care now. Goodbye. That's it, guys, for today's episode. Don't forget to watch us live on Facebook at ActNow Trooper English every Monday to Friday at 12 p.m or listen to our podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye!